It says in verse number 20, I want to just read a couple verses and then we'll talk to you for a bit. Wisdom crieth without, verse number 20, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets, she crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded but you have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I will. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When verse number twenty-seven. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your what's that word? Destruction. Destruction. Your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel that despised all of my reproof. There's a word in verse number 27 that I want to bring to your attention and I want you to see this, and this is going to be what we're talking about here today. Verse 27, read that with me. It says, when your fear cometh as desolation and your what? Destruction. Destruction. You know, the Bible is a book that every word that is in that book means something. Amen. You can't just take one word out and add another word and it would be the same. It, it, that God put those words there for a purpose. And when we think of destruction... I don't think of something small. I think of something catastrophic. I think of something unbelievably devastating. I think of, uh, if I could maybe paint a picture in your mind of a building and then a bomb coming out of the sky and, and, and blowing that building to bits and to where after the smoke clears, there is no more building. There is just a charred hole in the ground. That's what I think of when I think of destruction. And the Bible talks about here, talking about people. He's saying, you didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to what I had to say to you. I spoke, but you, you just plugged your ears. I said something to you and you wouldn't even hear it. And there's going to come a destruction in your life. It's coming. And I want to tell you today that I've seen so many people literally destroy their own life because they wouldn't listen to God. Can I tell you that if I, if I lose money, if I lose my wallet, my wallet has $100 in it, I can get that $100 back. I can go get a job and work and ex make extra money. If I, if, I, you know, if I lose my health and I get sick and I get the coronavirus and, and uh, all that stuff, which by the way, I just got back from Africa last week, spent a layover in Amsterdam, and there was probably 400 Asian people with masks on in that, in that airport. Very scary. I might have it right now. Are you comfortable? Okay, very good. Are you alright? You're a teenage boy, so sometimes things don't work, okay? But, can I tell you that there are people out there that because they don't listen to God, they bring destruction into their own life. And I've seen people, you can get your money back, you can get your health back, but if you destroy your own life, you can never get that back. 
Can I tell you, you will be a teenager one time in your life. And if you destroy those years, you, you don't get them back. I'm 36 years old right now. And it seems like just yesterday I was a teenager and I was stupid. And I was uh, all those things. And, and I was playing sports and I was in high school. And it just seems like it was yesterday. Now I'm 36. I got a wife and four kids and a mortgage. And, and uh, my back hurts and all that good stuff. And, 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 and it just seems like yesterday I was a teenager. And I've seen some people take those years of their life and absolutely destroy them. I want to give you three things today and then uh, we're going to try to preach for about an hour and a half. I feel pretty good right now. Amen. And, uh, but I want to give you number one, what I would call the possibility of destruction. The possibility of destruction. That verse 27 says this. He says, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction uh, cometh as a whirlwind. Let me just tell you that the destruction that God speaks about there is no respecter of persons. Can I tell you that I don't care who you are in the youth group. You can destroy your life and bring destruction into your life. I don't care if your parents make good money. You can bring destruction into your life. I don't care if you're poor. You can bring destruction into your life. I don't care if your dad is the youth pastor. You can bring destruction into your life. I don't even care if your dad is the pastor. You can bring destruction into your life. I don't care if you've been to Bible college or you're planning to go to Bible college or, or you've never smoked a cigarette or you've never you've never even seen wicked things with your own eyes. You can still bring destruction into your life. Amen. And it is no respecter of persons. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Can I tell you, I've seen young men destroy their lives. And let me say also, I have seen young women destroy their lives. Right. My testimony real quick is I was 18 years old. I grew up in the public schools. I was a, I was a public school football player in the metro Atlanta area. And uh, I was around so many. I mean, I, uh, our, our football team was ranked number nine in the state of Georgia. We played in the, Atlanta, uh, the uh, Georgia Dome every year where the Atlanta Falcons played. Our team was a big upper echelon football team. I played with 11 guys that went Division One football. I played with three guys in my high school team that went to the NFL. And uh, Dave Pollock was one of those guys. He does Kirk, he does college game day with Kirk Herbstreit. I played against Dave Pollock in high school. There was a there was a large group of talent in the Metro Atlanta area at that time. I wasn't that good, but I played with guys who were. And can I tell you today that I I, I just I have seen guys in 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 and I I got saved when I was 18. I I graduated high school, got saved, and then I. After I got saved, God called me to preach. And I said, I'm going to go to Bible college. And I thought to myself, I thought everybody in Bible college, it was going to be like some spiritual utopia. Like everybody was going to love Jesus. And, and I, I mean, I, I really thought everybody floated everywhere that they went. They were just so holy. You know, I mean, I just, I thought, you know, praise God, this is going to be a spiritual utopia. But I saw people, even in the best environment, even in the most sanitary environment, we didn't even have TVs in the dorm. I mean, I was suffering, man. I was suffering. I couldn't catch up on sports. I was suffering. If you wanted to watch a game, you had to go down to the Burger King down the road. And I mean, I hated Burger King, so I, I, I endured it. But look, I tell you, even in a most sanitary environment, I saw people ruin their lives. That's right. yes, sir. Bible college kids ruin their lives. We saw girls disappear from Bible college. And the next thing you know, you see them five years later on Facebook. And oh, that's why. Yeah. There's a little child sitting on their lap in Bible college. I've seen... I have seen people, and Facebook's a great tool. It's, 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 a, it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. It really is kind of weird. But I have seen people pop up in my feed that, that were in Bible college, in the bunk above me in Bible college, and you see them 
down the road all these years later and you see them with tattoos up and down their body and piercings all in their face look like they fell face first into a tackle box. I mean, just ridiculous. They ruined their life. And you can too. And so can I. I just got back from my 18th trip to Kenya. And I have jet lag and I don't even know what year it is right now. And I'm just preaching by faith right now. So we'll just see what happens. But can I tell you, even I, even I can ruin my life. I can do that. The possibility of destruction. But let me say also, number two, if I can, what I would call the points of destruction. Can I go with you real quick through the book of Proverbs? Let me just say that all throughout the book of Proverbs, God gives this word destruction and destroy. And he gives several points. I want you to go to chapter number 10, if you will. And before we get there, let me just say what what I mean by this, the points of destruction. When I was in... uh, it was 2007. I got to go to Israel. Anybody ever been to Israel before? That is a that is a crazy place. I saw more AK-47s and FALs and Russian Eastern weapons in in in, uh, in in Israel than I've ever seen in my entire life. It was awesome. It was like a gun store everywhere you went, and everybody's had guns on their back. I saw women walking down the street with with a baby in a stroller, and she had an AK-47 on her back. It was the coolest place I've ever been in my life, and uh, I thought, man, this is awesome. And we went up to Caesarea Philippi, which is up in the northern border there, where uh, you all know the story of Matthew 16, where Jesus said, Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a place called Caesarea Philippi, which is north of Israel there on the Lebanese border. And as we're driving back from Caesarea Philippi, we're actually driving on the border of Israel and Lebanon, and there's this gigantic fence. It's as big as that back wall. I mean, it's, it's, it's as big as that. There's razor wire all over the wall, and there's these signs all along the wall. It's a yellow sign with red letters on it, and there's a big skull. And in Hebrew, it says death. And then at the bottom in Hebrew, it says minefield. And Israel has actually put a minefield between them and Lebanon. And so that the people of Lebanon do not just cross that border. If you cross that that field, there's a good chance you're going to step on a mine and you are going to be blown to kingdom come and they won't even find your body. That's how bad the explosion will be. Can I tell you, as you navigate this life, the devil has minefields for you too. He has, he has places that He has placed a mine for you. And if you are not careful, you will step on these mines and you will destroy your life. Let me give you five mines real quick. Number one, let me say in chapter number 10, the first, the first point of destruction in chapter 10, verse 29, what I see, the Bible says in verse 29, chapter 10, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. I'm an observer of people. And let me just say that uh, I, I like to people watch. And I've, I've always been fascinated by human behavior. And my study of, of, of human nature and sin in the Bible has helped me to understand people. But can I tell you, in every group of people, and it doesn't matter if it's a church or a youth group or even a job, it, it, there's always that one person who's always trying to push the line. 
There's always that one that, you know, if, 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 if this is the line, they want to dance it and they're trying to go over it and back forth. And, and it doesn't matter what rule it is, they're going to always push that line. And, and the Bible calls that iniquity. Iniquity basically means lawlessness, means that there are rules in place. And it doesn't matter what the rule is, you're going to break the rule because that's just what you are. It doesn't matter that, the, that, that, that they said don't bring a phone to the youth out. And you're going to do what you want to do and you're going to bring a phone even though they said don't bring a phone. You're going to do what you want to do. Let me tell you, the Bible says you're heading for destruction. Because it's not, today it's a phone. Tomorrow is your taxes. The next day is you can't do that. The next day is it's the speed limit. And next thing you know, you're in a jail cell somewhere and you've got handcuffs on you. And you're thinking, I don't know why anybody, why is everybody picking on me? Nobody's picking on you. You just, you are a worker of iniquity. You have no, you are a rebel in your heart. And you do not follow any rules. And you fell for that. The Bible says, verse 29. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, meaning those who do follow the rules. But destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Every group of people, whether it's a Christian school or anything. Okay, public school we have them. Christian schools have them. Bible college we have them. There's always that one guy that says, I don't care. what I'm going to do what I want. Let me tell you what you are. You are a walking time bomb. Can I say there's rules in life? There's rules in life. There's rules with your body. Did you know you cannot sit down and eat three packs of Oreos every day of your life? You're going to die. Did you know that? Some people, you look at them, you think they don't know that. But can I tell you, there's rules, there's limits in your body. If you get married someday, there's going to be rules in that marriage. You can't go off with somebody else. You're married to me. There's rules. If you take a job someday, there's rules in that job. That job says you have to be here at 8 o'clock in the morning. And if you show up at 9.15, you're probably not going to have a job. And so people that are rebellious and work iniquity, they do what they want. They are heading for destruction is what the Bible says. Let me give you another minefield here real quick. Go to chapter number 13. There's actually three in chapter 13. 13 is an interesting number in the Bible. Chapter 13 and verse number 3 says this, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Oh, that's a good one. That ought to be in our Baptist churches today. Can I tell you that um, there's a lot of people out there that they've got little brains and big mouths. And can I tell you today, if you're a big mountain, let me tell you something real quick. There's going to come destruction in your life. Nobody will like you. If you're one of those, I just speak my mind. Yeah, well, you better be careful with that because you're not going to have a whole lot of mind left after a while. Amen. Destruction can come when you open your mouth wide and you're always saying what you think and you're never encouraging people. You're always being critical. You can bring destruction into your own life. You can ruin your testimony. You can ruin your relationships. You can do all of that with the opening of your mouth. Let me say also, verse number 13, there's a third minefield here. Chapter 13 and verse number 13. That's interesting. Whoso despiseth the word shall be what? Can I tell you right here, I have a copy of the Bible right here in, in my hand. I'm going to hold this up for you. Can I tell you that this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book? 
Can I tell you, I've noticed a trend. I've noticed, uh, brother, I'm going to talk to you real quick because everybody listen. Can I talk to you real quick? I noticed that oftentimes the ones in the youth meetings that I see that when you preach and you tell them turn to a passage of scripture, they look at you like just they have, they have no presence of mind and they don't have a Bible and all that. Those are the ones who hit for destruction. I see that over and over again. The ones you don't even, you don't even know where your Bible is. You're hitting for destruction. You, don't, you, you have no relationship with that book. And can I tell you today, that book is the only thing that's going to keep you from ruining your life. You think you're okay now. You think you're good now. But you don't read that Bible. Your, your church tells you to read that Bible. Your parents tell you to read that Bible. But you don't read that Bible. And the Bible says, Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed. My youth pastor messed up when I was a teenager. And he told me this a while back, but even before he messed up, he told me, he said, Spencer, pray for me. He said, I haven't read my Bible in three months. My youth, it was my youth pastor. And it wasn't long after that I had to take him to the hospital because he overdosed on some pills he shouldn't have taken. What was the problem? Was the problem the pills? Or was the problem the fact that he had no relationship with that Bible? That's right. Yep. Is everybody all right today? Amen. Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed. Let me say also next, let me say go to verse number 20 of chapter 13. The next minefield, the fourth minefield that Satan has for you in life. The Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be what? Destroyed. Destroyed. I was in Tennessee in a juvenile detention center. They let me go in those places. I'm always scared of going into prisons because I think they're going to keep me, and I don't want that. And I, uh, I just don't look good in orange. And so I just, uh, you know, some of you saw that on the ski slopes today. Uh, the reason I wore my orange sweater out there today is because I wanted the rescue workers to be able to find me very quickly just in case something happened. Uh, but I went to a juvenile detention center there in Tennessee, and I, I preached the gospel. And the whole time, there's this kid sitting off in the corner. He's crying the whole time. And I'm thinking, man, praise God. He's going to get saved today. I said, this is wonderful. This kid's under Holy Ghost conviction. And I preached and gave invitation. And he did not come forward to respond to get saved. He just sat back there and cried and angry. And just, just gnashed his teeth. And was so upset. And, and finally, after we got done with the service, I pulled him off the side. I said, man, what is, what is wrong? What's going on with you, man? Talk to me. He said, I just got here. And he said this. He said, I don't belong. I didn't do anything. He's so angry. He said, I ain't do nothing. He said, I just, I, I live up. And he told me where he was. And he said, I live up there. And he said, man, I, he said, I ain't got no brothers and sisters. And I, I live with my grandma. And, and he said, uh, he said, but finally, there's these guys that are like three houses down. He said, man, they are the coolest kids in the neighborhood. They, they, uh, they run, they have the cool cars, the big rims and the big sound system. And, and they're, they're my heroes, man. I look up to those guys. And, and finally, he said, one day, they, not long ago, they, they called me and said, hey, man, come on, get in the car with us. We're going to go ride around for a little while. He said, I, man, I thought this was awesome. I have arrived. I am with the cool kids now in the neighborhood. And he said that they started doing drugs in the car. And he said, oh, boy. He said, I'm going to get in trouble. And he said, but, but these are the cool kids. I want to hang around them. These are, these are my friends now. And so he chose the companions with those fools. And he said this. He's, I mean, he, this kid is like hysterical. He's weeping and crying. And he says this to me. He says, he says, Spencer, we were going down the road one day and all of a sudden we turned a corner and there was a guy walking on the sidewalk over there. And he said, the driver said, hey, that's him. Get him. 
And he said, we pulled up to that sidewalk and he said, we squealed tires and, and it, they slammed it in park. He said, all of those people got out of the car and started beating that man half to death on the sidewalk. He said, I'm sitting in the back seat. I don't even know who that is. I have no idea what's going on. And he said, so I got out of the car and stood there with him. And he said, next thing I know, one of them yells, police! And all of them ran. And he said, I didn't know what to do. He said, so I ran too. He said, next thing I know, a 200-pound policeman's on my back beating me up, putting cuffs on me, and here I am. He said, I didn't do anything. I said, yeah, you did. I said, you chose the wrong friends. That's right. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's right. Some of you are going to leave this place where there's a bunch of holy, godly people here, and you're going to go home, and you know that there's a crowd waiting for you when you get back, and you know that they're, you know, you know they say cuss words, and you know they watch all that filth on TV, and you know that they make you do all that, and you know that all that's there, and and you know that that's there. You need to make a decision that no, no, I'm putting a wall between me and that. I am not hanging out with those people anymore. And some of you need to have a breakup with some. Bad people. Look, I didn't say it. The Bible said it. The Bible says a companion of fools shall be destroyed. God said that. There is no exceptions to that. You think you're going to be the exception. There is no exception to that. You are going to destroy your life because you are picking the wrong friends. That will ruin you. Let me give you the last minefield if I could real fast in Proverbs chapter 16. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 18, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. What goes before destruction? Pride. You know what pride is? What's the middle letter of the word pride? I. Meaning this, that I don't need nobody. I got this. Let me tell you something. I'm 36 years old. I don't got this. I ain't figured it out yet. And I need people. I need people talking to me. I need to hear advice. I need to hear counsel. I call my pastor all the time, even with dumb stuff. I say, what do you think of this? He'll tell me. And I take that counsel and I apply it to my life. But can I tell you, some of you, you're stiff-necked. You're hard-hearted. You don't listen. You think you know everything. And, and can I tell you, people that are like that, pride goeth before destruction. And nobody can talk to you because you know it all. Nobody can tell you anything because you, you've got, look, I'm good. I don't need you talking into my life. I don't need you reproving me. I don't need you correcting me. The Bible says you will destroy your life if you're that way. Amen. I listened to a, I don't do this often, but I listened to a business guru not long ago. And he said he had a massive company, very successfully. And he said this. He said, he said, you know what I do? You know why I'm so successful? Because I bring in men who are older than me, who are smarter than me. And I sit down and I say, here's what we do. Here's the business. Tell me where I'm wrong. And he said, they tell me where I'm wrong. And I do what they say. And you know what, you know what these youth conferences are? These youth conferences aren't designed so that you can, you know, find a girlfriend that lives three hours from you and you can start writing letters. And like, that's not why this existed. Okay. Some of the boys over here started glancing over here when I said that. <laughs> Making me nervous. That's not why we do We don't do this for food. Although food's awesome. We don't do this for skiing. Although skiing was fun because I didn't die. 
But we do this so that men can stand up with the Bible Amen. and show you where you're wrong. Amen. Amen. That's good. So yes. you can have a chance to fix it. Amen. Can I tell you there's something wrong with you, something wrong with you, something wrong with you, something wrong with you, something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. There's a lot wrong with you. <laughs> there's something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. And there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with all of you. And there's stuff wrong with me. That's right. And I need people telling me where I'm wrong. Amen. Telling me how to get right. But the ones who... I don't need to hear all that. I mean, it's just preaching. I mean, they say all the same jokes over and over again. The Bible says that person is going for destruction. Go back to Proverbs chapter 1 real fast. We're going to land this plane and be done. I gave you the possibility of destruction. The point of destruction. The points of destruction. We gave you some landmines, if you will. We'll go back there to verse number 27 where we started. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. Meaning this, that you didn't listen to me and then the destruction came and now all of a sudden you want to listen to me. Yeah, that's right. You know, Brother Shaver talked about 9-11. Many of you weren't even alive when that happened. That makes me feel old. I was 18 years old when 9-11 happened. I, was, I just graduated high school that May of September. And can I tell you, they said that everybody in New York City was open to religion and the gospel. They wanted to hear about God right after that happened, after that destruction happened. But it didn't really change New York City. That's right. Look what it says, verse 28. Then, sh then shall they call upon me after it's too late. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early. But they shall not find me. But that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Can I tell you, you can't get right. The time for getting right with God is not when you're sitting in a doctor's office and he's telling you you're about to have a baby. That, you need to get right with God before that. Amen. That's not, listen, the time to get right with God is not when you're locked up in a jail cell somewhere. Amen. You get right with God before that. Look what it says, verse 30. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. I give you the possibility of destruction, the points of destruction. Well, let me say number three, the prevention of destruction. Look what it says in verse number 33. But whoso hearkeneth unto me, shall dwell safely shall be quiet from fear of people I like that word hearkeneth Amen. You know that, that we sing that hark the herald angels sing you know what hearkeneth means it's not, it means hear yeah. the problem with some of you today is you don't listen yeah. preachers that preach their guts out to you week in week out you just whatever and they try to shake you and say, Hey, no, you're going the wrong way. And you just act like you're bored. You're sitting there thinking about Fortnite and anything in the world but the Word of God. Some of you are heading for a lot of trouble. Amen. But the Bible says this, Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. Can I tell you, when I was a teenager, I was 18 years old, I was borderline alcoholic, I was troubled, I 
was messed up. But I say, you know, I'm sick of my way. I'm sick of what my way has brought me. I'm sick of this living that I've done. I'm sick of all the fighting and all the anger and all the bit. I'm sick of all of that. I'm tired of that. And, and I, I'm just going to jump my own life. And God, whatever this book says, whatever that book says, I'm going to go with what that book says. Not long after that, I, uh, I read a verse that says, if a man doth have long hair, it be a shame unto him. <laughs> And I, I was offended. Because I want to have long hair. But I said this. I said, God, if that's what that Bible says, I don't want to do that. I've not had long hair ever in my life. Matter of fact, some people say I'm losing a little bit too much hair. If I go bald, there'll be nothing between my soul and the Savior. Amen. That'll be fine. But I said this. I said, God, whatever that book says, that book told me to forgive my enemies and I said okay God I'll do that and when I was 18 years old I made the decision I said God I'm going to listen to you now I'm going to listen to you and now I'm 36 I've got a wife I've got four kids I've got a ministry just got back from Kenya man things are going great over there I wouldn't trade my place with anybody because I decided I was going to listen unto God and be quiet from fear of evil can I tell you today real fast Let's do this. Fire head, close your eyes. I want to tell you, some of you are heading for destruction, and you know you are. Some of you, as I read the Bible, something stuck, something stuck out, and something jumped out in your mind. And that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit of God illuminating something in your heart. You need to start listening. You need to listen to God. You need to listen to His Word, and let Him make the choices. How many say with heads bowed and eyes closed? Say, I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm saved. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. May put your hands down. How many say heads bowed and eyes closed? Somebody looking. You'll say, God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my heart. I'm going to make some changes. Would you raise your hand today? God spoke to my heart. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if somebody can come play this piano, brother, whatever y'all do around here, whatever y'all want to do is fine. I'll just I'll step back. But if somebody can play this piano, I'm going to pray. And then we'll just give an invitation like we normally do in our churches. We'll go ahead and just pray. Play whatever you choose there, man. Let's pray. Father, please, oh God. Lord, there's some people here today that if they don't, if they don't change, they don't start listening to God, the Bible, they're going to ruin their life, oh God. That's right. There's some that need to open their ears now. There's some that need to... There's some that need to say, I'm tired of my own way. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to let God call the shots. I'm going to let God tell me what He wants to tell me. And I'm going to let Him be in charge now. Please bless Lord. May there be no teenagers in this room after 10 years down the road that have gone the way of destruction. Please do a work now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand and make an altar out of your seat if you will, if you want to. Or come up here if you want to. Can I tell you, the Bible says, Whoso hearkeneth. The Bible also says, Whosoever hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. God's speaking to you today. It's time you listen.